The unexplained takes many strange forms. It's every mystery that has not been solved, every question that has not been answered. Are ghosts real? Are we alone in the universe? What constitutes a micropenis? I'm asking for a friend. Charlie Clawson and Ben McClay are here to investigate. This is The Unexplained Explained. Listen to The Unexplained Explained now, right here in the Tofop feed. Production. The creators of this podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which it is recorded. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are the first storytellers of this land. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, as well as any Indigenous people who may be listening today. Everyone relax, this is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello and thank you for watching. Um, I know we don't like talking about footy on this show, but Two Guys, One Cup is uh, mm. is is done for a little bit until the summer series. And mm. I want to talk about my weekend in Melbourne, which involves okay. the football. Okay, so but people are hearing this a couple of weeks on from your yeah 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 like it's not look it's 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 not time sensitive or anything like that it's just uh, no 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 it's just by the way Cam Rayner came fifth in the Brisbane best and fairest I know we're fascinated by people love this in the Topop <laughs> episode us talking about two guys one cup stuff anyway well I'll stop but you can talk about your weekend in Melbourne that isn't uh, time specific to football I just wanted to really actually ask you about your relationship with Melbourne because I think. Mm-hmm. I always still view myself as like a Melbourne guy. Like, you know, I'm from Melbourne and I have Melbourne sensibilities and AFL and live music. And I, I, people see me as a Melbourne person. Right. Like everyone always thinks that I live in Melbourne. They see you have me Melbourne as a Melbourne energy. person. You have BME. <laughs> yeah, I do have BME. But the truth of it is that I have lived in Melbourne. I, I moved there when I was 21, 22, 21, and I left there when I was 26. I moved back for uh, two years in between. So what, that, like Six I've, years. Six or seven years yeah. of my entire life I've lived in Melbourne. I've lived in Sydney for over like 20 years. Like, yeah. like I've li- I mean, you don't, you I don't lived in Canberra Sydney. for three years. No. Right? Oh, no, I, don't, I don't have a Sydney vibe at all, and yet I've lived in Sydney for most of the time. Yeah. I feel like when I was in the Northern Rivers, I had a bit of a Northern Rivers vibe. Like there's yeah. a bit of me, you know, that like, you know, fit in okay up there. People are like, yeah, we can see that. That's that's kind of, you know. Um, yeah, but I think, yeah, I think that like I definitely like I identify as a Melbourne person. <laughs> me even too. I am absolutely not a Melbourne person. And I wonder how much of that has to do with, well, for me, I know it has to do with the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Yeah, Obviously right. people associate you know, Melbourne and the Melbourne Comedy Festival. It has to do with the fact that I mostly like to wear black clothes, which is something that people identify with Melbourne. And I think the third thing, the thing that you're going to talk about, is that we both love AFL football. Yeah, but I don't think that is so tied. I mean, is it tied to Melbourne? When you think about Adelaide, Mm. Perth, you know, like they're they're AFL Cities, I know, but the AFL grew out of Victoria. The like the fact that there is two teams in South Australia, two teams in Western Australia, two teams in Queensland, two teams in New South Wales, and then there is ten teams 
in Melbourne. Yeah. Well, like one in Geelong, but nine in Melbourne and one in Geelong. I just, I guess it's more the vibe of it, right? Like, mm. yeah, I agree. All those things that we have interest in, you know, are Victorian institutions, mm. Melbourne Comedy Festival, yeah. AFL, all that kind of stuff. But the arts. The arts. The arts yeah. in general, you know, bands. Let let more of a um more of an intersection of classes. You know, you tend to sort of, you know, go to parties and meet people from a bigger cross section. The multiculturalism, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, you went to an exclusive boys' school mm. in Melbourne. Yeah, but if you'd gone to an exclusive boys' school in Sydney, you would have like uh, we exclusively white men. <laughs> <laughs> we would not be friends. Yeah. You wouldn't want to be friends with me, and I wouldn't want to be friends with you. That's true. I mean, those guys do mm. exist in Melbourne, but you're right. It's there's a bit more of a, a, a crossover. Yeah. Like I, I remember, I couldn't wait to get to university purely for that reason of like I need to get away from that private school bubble, and I want to meet. Girls for a start. I want to mm. want to meet girls, yeah. but people need to think a little bit differently. But I remember uh, Kevin Smith used to have this. I don't know if it's, it's still in his bio, like his his social media bio, where he'd say body in California uh, under location. He'd write bodies in California, but mind or heart in Jersey. Okay. And I always sure. thought that was kind of a pretentious thing to mm. say because it's like, well, come on, man. Like you've lived in LA for close to twenty years now, probably more than half your life. But now I'm starting to think, like, in my location bio, <laughs> it's like body in the Northern Rivers but heart in Melbourne because I love the idea of Melbourne and every time I'm down it always feels like special and stuff, but I know I couldn't live there again. Like, I just don't think I could live there. I think it's the weather is the number one issue for me now. I've gotten soft. I've gotten real soft. No, I I agree because, like, I'm, you know – I was in Melbourne also and I was like ha- having that same thing of going, all the things I like are here, but I do not like the weather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and could you move this place closer to a beach? Yeah. Can we take <laughs> everyone <laughs> up? <laughs> Like all the Melbourne things, yeah. but near a nice beach where the weather is good is basically what I want. So I guess the Gold Coast, is because that, that's what Melbourne people normally do. Yeah. They move to Noosa or the Gold Coast, right? Yeah. So, but you need that – I want the sensibility. I want yeah. all the things that Melbourne brings to the table because I've, I've been recently like spending some time in Sydney, you know, working and uh, I've been walking along the coast, Bondi to Coogee. That's been my regular sort of walk that I've been going on. And I love that walk and I love that weather mm. and I love that vibe, but I look around the people who are there yeah. and think, I would never be friends with any of yeah. these people. and. I know that most of my Sydney friends were people who went to Sydney from somewhere else. Like, you know, the gang of people we used to hang out with when we all lived in Sydney were all people who moved from Melbourne, majority of. Yeah, a couple of, like, you know, Sydney people had never felt like they'd fit in with Sydney and were looking for some Melbourne And they were always the ones who would sort of like (laughs) begrudgingly come to grand final day parties and stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) like pretend to go for the swans. This is the price we pay. For the rest, of, for the rest of this vibe that we quite enjoy, yeah. and so yeah, I don't know what that is, but I I do agree with you. I I I totally have that as well, which is I love all that Melbourne has to offer. I just wish that it offered it somewhere other than Melbourne. And it was actually very hot. So I've been down twice in the last three weeks, and the first time I went down, it was freezing cold, and it was very easy to. Um, distance myself from any affection for Melbourne because I was just like, I was just so miserable. Like I'd forgotten when you live in Melbourne or when you live in a cold climate and you get used to it, like it's kind of like being in an abusive relationship. You're like, the weather's here. This it's is fine. what I deserve. It's nice. Like, what are you talking about? 
<laughs> like, well, it's not so much that, but it's like you still complain about it, uh, but you just don't mm. think you deserve any better. You mm. think this is the right. way. This is the way it is. And then, but I also think you feel like it's the price of admission, yeah. right? For all the other wonders of Melbourne, the weather is the price of admission. Yeah, it's a badge of honor. Like in my, I told Jen this fact the other day, and she was not impressed at all. But one of my greatest achievements, Will, was I spent it in my final year of high school because you had your summer uniform and your winter uniform. Mm. I wore my summer uniform all year round: shorts, mm. short sleeve shirt, thin blazer. Wore it all year round, and I lived on the water, like on Port Phillip Bay, mm. and so you get a frosty breeze blowing across, mm-hmm. like on a winter's morning. But for me, it was a point of pride that I'm going to be one of those guys who's going to wear his shorts all year round. Yeah, I don't feel the cold. <laughs> I don't feel the cold. I'm too bloody cool. I'm too <laughs> I've tough, got impervious mate. shins. <laughs> <laughs> but there was the thing about like, yeah. oh yeah, Melbourne. Uh, winters, you know, you can you can tough it out. Like if I had to, if I had to, you know, if I had to wear shorts all year and I could. But now it's the opposite. Like I cannot take the cold to the point where, you know, you're talking about, oh, you know, I could retire, you know, in Sydney or whatever. I need to be warm. I was in the Gold Coast last week and I was sitting there going, I can see a lot of pluses here. <laughs> like I can see a lot of positives. Not right now, but in the future when I just want to, you know. If I'm retired, if I ever get to a point where I can retire, <laughs> who knows? And that sweet podcasting fortune <laughs> yeah, that you will have. <laughs> Just the honeypot that we've amassed over 13 years of doing this podcast. Uh, and not- Rupert Murdoch is worth billions and didn't retire until he was 92. <laughs> but I'm sure on our TOEFOP fortune, we'll both be having a clock off at 65. All right, let's be honest. When I finish uh, working mm. checkout at you know, future Coles mm. or future Woolworths, mm. yeah. <laughs> as I shuffle my old, uh, my old body over to the water, it's like – it's easy to get around. Mm. Things are close together. Nothing's too challenging. And when Jeremy and I actually even went for a walk, we took Iona in a stroller and we went you know, around from Burley Heads around to Talabudra Lake. And it's such a beautiful little walk. And we we're both kind of having that same thing of like, you know, it wouldn't be so bad, would it? Like, you know, once Iona's out, you know, and hopefully, you know, working or at university or whatever, we just mm. downsize, we get a little apartment, and we just live on the Gold Coast and have that easy, mm-hmm. easy life. Mm-hmm. But then it's that thing of you look around at the people on the walk <laughs> and it's like, but who would we talk to? I think we'd get very lonely. And this is not like – Yeah, but this is like when you're talking about when I own as an adult, right? Yeah. So like in 15 years, it's not going to be those same people. In 15 years, it's going to be a generation of – people that you hang out with in the Northern Rivers yeah. who've decided same to move thing. up to the Gold Coast, Because their right? kids have like, moved out of home or whatever and the yeah, downsizing. in the same way as the Northern Rivers is full of the people you used to hang out with. That's true, Sydney, right? We're just all migrating. up to the Northern Rivers. <laughs> It'll just be like a slow procession up to warmer and warmer weather. I mean, there are so many fit people on the Gold mm. Coast. I imagine Sydney, that mm. Bondi to Bonte walk would be the same. But the amount oh of God. abs and – There's s- a new sort of fitness too. There's that real muscly, Jack. like super fit fitness. Yeah. Like, you know, where everyone looks like, everyone looks like a professional. Well, everyone looks like fitter than if you looked at photos of professional athletes from 20 years ago. Yeah, in the Olympics. 90% of people at the beach now look fitter than anyone who competed at the Olympics 20 years ago. I mean, people who used to actually work the land, you know, every day to stay alive didn't look like the bodies that people have now. And like I'm turning into such a 
just like a like a, a voyeur. I can't stop staring because the bodies are incredible. Like some of them, not just in like a a pleasing way, but just in more of a like a fascination. Like these two girls walk past, and they had that Kardashian butt. And I sure. guess they must be personal trainers or something because they were taking mm-hmm. it in turns to pose on the foreshore. And while one of them would take a photo of the butt, they'd take like multiple photos of their butts. And they'd do like bodybuilding type poses and stuff. But the angle of the butt was like a – Or sh- influences. They could be influences. Or influences. I was like, well, their butt was their business is the sense mm. that I got mm-hmm. because the way yeah. they were dressed, the way – big bucks in butts. Huh? Big bucks in butts. Big, there's totally big bucks in butts. Mm. But the butts were – like they they came out at this angle where it was almost like a shelf. It was almost like having mm-hmm. a couple of cushions on the back. They were almost square, like mm-hmm. two shoe boxes, mm-hmm. not like yep. round like you see buttocks. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, said, well, that's the new thing though, isn't it? Well, are they implants or are they? can you physically get your buttocks to look like shoe boxes? Mm. I don't know. Like as an arseless man, like <laughs> most, most of what should be on my ass is on my love handles. Yeah. Like if I could get the back fat – that I have to just like slide down to my butt. My body would be in much You'd better be proportions than it actually is. You'd be so delicious. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready for your jelly, Will. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. My, my jelly is floating on top when it should be down the bottom. Like, I, like I'm a bit like a trifle. You actually got me thinking about bat fat because mm. you mentioned it last week as well mm. when I, I said there was that photo of Iona standing on me when I'm on the beach and it's just she's just pushing my, my love handles out. And now I've really been looking at it, like I've been, I've been doing that coquettish look over my shoulder mm. to see, you know, you know, oh my god, it's like Will's right, like there's heaps of fat just around there. There's got to be a way we can do something about that, right? Which is not like exercise and diet. <laughs> well, I reckon they're going to be. If I Google how do I get rid of back fat, there are going to be three answers that come up. I reckon. Well, exercise, diet, and surgery. It's funny you should say that though, because we were talking about the liver king at the start of the year. And I distinctly remember in those leaked emails of the liver king was sending to his doctor when he was getting his steroid prescription and stuff, mm-hmm. one of the areas he kept complaining about was back fat. Like mm-hmm. he was saying to the doctor, like, you know, no matter what I do, the back fat is killing me. I'm 43 years old. I work out four hours a day, seven days a week, but I just can't get rid of this back fat. I don't want to have to get surgery, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So liver king who's eating nuts and shit and taking steroids and stuff, he's getting back fat. What hope do you and I have? Well, I just think we've got to embrace the back fat. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean. To make it sexy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's already called love handles, right? Yeah, but that's patronizing. Okay. Do you feel like it is? Oh, yeah. Like, name me one girl who's ever said, let me grab you by your love handles, baby. Uh, Emma. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Leave her out of this. <laughs> uh, here we go. Losing overall body fat. Uh, okay. So, what are the best ways to do it? Uh, number. Let's play it family feud style. So, okay. Uh, what do you think uh, the number one way to get rid of uh, uh, back fat is, according to this? Specifically, back fat. Um, yeah. Diet. Ding, 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 ding. Correct answer. Diet is the number one way. What is the second top answer? Um. Is it a type of exercise? Well, it's exercise. Okay, so I'll take exercise. Great. I want to roll. Uh, yep. Uh, and then is there a third method? Yeah. 
There's a range of, no, oh. then it's like literally the range of exercises. So do you want the, okay, here we go. From women's health, let's go to women's health. <laughs> this feels good to me. Let's go to women's health. Let's make this an inclusive podcast. So um, here we go. Wondering how to get rid of back fat? You're not alone. An average of 2.9 thousand people uh, search for back fat exercises every month. <laughs> Sorry, hang on. Two point nine thousand. What? Yeah, two point nine thousand. It says a day. So According to how are they measuring for, yeah, that? I don't know. Which is why we've decided it's high time for an honest and open chat about the topic. Thank God. Me too. So is Tofop. We're going to have an honest and open conversation about. Yeah, let's hold. No, no, yeah. no holds barred. Don't just, exactly. Don't go easy on me. First things first, Charlie. Yeah. If you're struggling with excess back fat. Chances are it's a totally natural and common issue. But back fat could also be associated with insulin resistance, high testosterone, and low carbohydrate tolerance, as well as an increased risk of diabetes, PCOS, and infertility. So, I mean, this might, might be more specifically for women. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe this inclusivity is just okay. Ruin the segment. What? I'm gonna. Yeah, I'll go back. I'll find. I'll, I'll find one for men. How to get rid of back fat for men? Here we go. Uh, all right. Let's uh, see if we can go to muscle and fitness. Eleven reasons why you can't lose your back fat. Uh, this is more a bloke's one, isn't there we it? Go. Okay, 11 reasons why <laughs> you, you weak yeah, I feel idiot. like we need an air horn coming in. Yeah. 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 Uh, shredding. Oh, God. <laughs> no, shedding uh, stubborn back fat can be frustrating, especially since you can't spot reduce, no matter what those internet influencers tell you. Uh, there you go. Uh, the appearance of back fat most commonly results from a combination of several things, including atrophy of the muscles of the back, and excess body fat. So what causes back fat and how can you lose back fat? Okay. First off, atrophy of the back muscles. That basically means they've lost their strength and muscle tone, which is poor nutrition and a lack of targeted exercises, which is resistant training, resistance training, right? Okay. So a muffin top is the other term that they will often use for. Ah, yes. So here we go. Uh, to burn calories and body fat efficiently, you're going to have to incorporate a workout reg regimen that involves back exercises. Uh, resistance training that includes machines, dumbbells, or even body weight exercises. Uh, your cardio is weak. These are your 11 reasons. You're not using resistance training. Your cardio is weak. Right. Fucking yeah. cardio. Your cardio Toughen is up. bloody weak. Drink if some... you want to get rid of that stubborn back fat, <laughs> you're going to have to increase the duration, time, and intensity of your cardio. Oh. It doesn't matter what cardio option you choose, just make sure the overall goal is burning body fat. How do you make sure that's the overall oh, goal? I don't know. Dietary sabotage? Dietary sabotage. These are all my favourite things. <laughs> I love <laughs> I know, a bit right? of diet sabotage. It uh, doesn't take much to sabotage your hard work in the gym, Charlie. Ooh. The first way to do it is by eating poorly. Burning fat and getting a lean sculpted back is going to take discipline. No. And a structured eating plan of healthy proteins no. and fats and nutritious carbohydrates daily. I mean, it seems What about like Anzac biscuits? Of, yeah. <laughs> Have they been to my bakery? Because they make the best <laughs> giant 
Anzac biscuits you'll ever bloody eat. They're 90% golden syrup. <laughs> They're so good. I mean, how can the syrup be bad for you if it's golden exactly. syrup, right? Too much booze. Oh, yeah. Are you, are you drinking too much booze? Because that's one of the reasons. I have been um, drinking more than normal lately because it's been like grand final and finals and yeah. the footy stuff. So Now, your back, Charlie, mm. is made up of four main muscles. Yep. The upper consists of the rhomboids and the trapezius. Yeah. The mi- middle is latiss- latissimus dorsi. The lats, mate. And the lower is the erector spinae. Oh, yeah. That's what I call my penis. <laughs> the erector. I mean, that might be the problem. Is your, is your back fat but your penis is really hard? You're doing too much work on your erector spinae. Uh, you're not fueling up. You're probably doing that. You're stressed. Are you stressed, Charlie? A little bit, you know, same stress as ever. No more than anyone else, and you know, when because your stress hormones slow down your body's ability to burn fat. Well, your mental health is just as important as your physical health. Okay, well, um, that explains it. You, I'm blaming my re- back fat on interest enough, rates, Charlie. <laughs> are you resting enough? Uh, your body needs time to rest. You're worn down. More than likely, you won't be able to get a work, good workout in, and can even risk getting injured. Are you getting a good six to eight hours of sleep per night? I don't know that this seems far away from – if you're saying specifically how do I treat back fat, don't tell me to get good night's sleep because if I can burn fat sleeping, great. But what you're saying is get a good night's sleep so you can go to the gym and fucking do an hour of cardio and then lift weights. I mean, I think there was only one thing and they've stretched it out to all yeah. of them because I've read the rest of them and they're pretty much following that format, to be honest. All these like secondary – I found that quote from the Liver King. So um, this is what he was writing to his doctor when he was trying to get some more HGH. He said, I've been working out for 35 years. I know how to eat, train, rest and recover. I even have a hard shell hyperbaric chamber at my house. But as I've reached my mid-40s, it's getting harder. Um, You know what is the worst is that the back fat is fucking killing me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just think... Be comfortable with your back fat. Honestly, like I know that you're talking about, you know, what example you are as a father. Your example, you want to be fit, but you also want to give Iona the example that you should be comfortable with your body, whatever shape it is, and that you should love yourself. And if it is one of these things, back fat, that is almost impossible even for people who are doing these bananas workouts to get rid of, then surely the lesson in that is that, don't worry about it. It's just one of those natural things that is going to happen. Yeah. I mean, look, I could definitely clean up my act a little bit. Mm. I have been uh, enjoying eating whatever I like lately. Uh, but also, isn't that part of life? Like, 100%. how much do you want to? Well, I, that's the thing. I keep saying to Gem, like, I don't have, like, you know, generally I will get fit if I know I have to be on TV or something like that. I want to look my best to be on TV, but I don't have anything coming up. And so it's like, well, you know, I'm just in hibernation. <laughs> just in, yeah. I'm in sleep and, But mode. it's not like you've, uh, like, I mean, you know, like you're still going to the gym regularly yeah, 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 yeah. and like exercising and doing all these things. Like you're still probably fitter than most people are, right? Yeah. So, you know what I miss like, though is yeah. the older you get, the less. Like exercise used to be, you know, sport as a kid, if you were a sporty kid, I didn't have to be sporty. If you just like playing sport as a kid, but, you know, didn't have to be good at it, that was like half your activity. Like kicking a footy with a sure. mate, going to the beach, yeah, whatever. Hours, hours at a time. Hours at a time. Mm. And I feel like 
I know there are adults who do make time to go rock climbing on the weekend and stuff like that, but I just don't feel like I, if I could just incorporate more of that into my day-to-day life, like if I could have, like if, like is there a Just an hour and a half during the day where you could pop down the park and kick the footy around? Yeah, or climb a tree. <laughs> like are there any jobs that require me to kick a footy three days a week or climb a tree? Like some fun, just kind of exploration type stuff that's work-related. I mean, I guess like I remember talking to a mate who was contemplating, he worked in the arts, he was a performer, mm. but work had dried up. He was feeling a bit disillusioned. He's like, I think I'm going to become a firefighter because I'm very active, I'm very physical, and I like the idea of just, you know, working with my body, you know, and learning some skills like that, but not having to kind of be – he'd been cerebral for 20 years and was looking to kind of – and that I understand – like if I fantasize about like alternate careers or things that I could be doing or things that you know, I might have to end up doing if interest rates keep going up like this, well, I don't know if you notice, but it's fucking getting very hard to keep a roof over my head. Uh, like I think like gardening, for instance, I love being in the garden. I don't have any expertise or anything like that, but I feel like, oh, the actual process of being out in the garden and digging things and laying things and carrying things, like I feel like my DNA, mm. my genetic disposition is to – Pick and lift and carry things around. <laughs> like I have yeah. a, a laborer's body. Well, I mean, I think that gardening could definitely be something that, like, I mean, it's outdoors, it's physical. Like, you know, you got and you, you kept fit keeping your farm. Well, not your yeah. farm, your big property. Yeah, no, it's true. There's like, I mean, and it's fun way to keep fit because you're just doing stuff and you're outdoors and you're in nature and you're tending for nature. And like, I mean, it is actually a very, fun way to like have a and you know you do tend to work out your entire body doing did you ever like like, come across like snakes though did you how many Mm. snake encounters did you have because you had like a lot of areas for snakes to live i mean saw snakes yeah sure but you know charlie there is they're more afraid of you than you are of them yeah, I'm getting more afraid of them. I didn't used to have a snake. I mean, that, that, that is also a lie. They are not afraid of you in any way. <laughs> but the Browns are definitely not <laughs> They don't give, a, don't give fuck a fuck about you. As the, as the last guy, the snake catcher, came around mm. here said is like, oh, mm. if you have Browns, you know about it because mm. they just don't give a shit. They'll, they're mm. territorial and they'll hang out in the same spot. This is like, this is my corner. <laughs> you fuck off. Like, I'm not going anywhere. But, I mean, knock on wood, we don't, I haven't seen one on the property you've had like a red belly and uh, a couple of well hopefully you just have one and it's an old one that keeps to itself because what the old ones tend to do is just go they keep all the young ones away and they just like they get used to your patterns and they just hang out where they are and it doesn't become an issue well yeah i well that's pythons apparently do the same thing Mm. we've got water dragons as well and they're good because again territorial they like to eat snake eggs that's what they do they fossick for snake eggs um so I've got a few of those. I did see a motherfucking unbelled cat in my front yard the other day eating a baby um, water dragon. I was so pissed off. I don't know whose neighbour it was or whatever. But I saw a, um, an urban fox. What? Uh, in the city. Really? The other night. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, yeah. I was driving home and I was like, oh, my God, that's like a like a fox. Like fox a proper- in the city. Fox in the city, and it turns out like urban foxes are because I, I came home and then immediately Googled whether like this was the end of days because yeah. I'd seen this urban fox <laughs> rolling like a, around you're the driving along like uh, Oxford Street, and you see a stag standing in the middle of the road. It definitely signals something is afoot. I mean, that probably is a term in the gay community, right? Yeah. Like there's bears and yeah, like, yeah. otters, that a is. stag, what is right? Like- uh, well, oh, no, in swinging, mm. in, in swinging, I believe a bull 
is a mm. big strapping stud that you bring in you bring into your your threesome. Yeah. It's like when you and your wife go to the bar and say, Hey, we've been watching you, we really dig your vibe. I think that's it's a bull. Is a third. Here we go. Uh, Urban Dictionary, stag. The male half of a relationship who allows and finds sexual gratification in allowing and even encouraging his female partner to have sex with other men. Isn't that cuck? No, not to be confused with cuckold relationship. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny you ask that, Charlie. (laughs) Seems you might not be the only person who asks this because this is not to be confused with a cuckold relationship where the male is typically weakened into humiliation. Stags are dominant but uh-huh. want to share their women. Fuck my wife. Yeah. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> I guess so. As opposed to, oh, please don't <laughs> fuck my wife. <laughs> it's like, fuck my wife. Oh, I yeah. love it. <laughs> but I reckon if you're a cuck, there's a real easy way to fucking spin the situation because the same thing's happening. It's about yeah. your mindset. Maybe. Next time someone's fucking like, your wife, it's like, oh, I right. actually love this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> What I want. I'm I'm a cuck, but I aspire to be a stag. <laughs> like the only way to stag, though. I imagine I mean, every stag has all, started a cuck, right? It's all how you see yourself. Yeah, because right? <laughs> like you said, the circumstance is still the same. It's someone else having sex with your wife. <laughs> it's just whether you're cool with it or not. Humiliated by it or cool with it. <laughs> I mean, it does feel like a natural progression. Like you might go into a, I mean, I, I imagine there's definitely like it's a kink for some people, the cucking, right? Yeah, like, you know. Well, I mean, it's all a kink. Yeah. And I'm not here to kink shame anybody. No, not at all. Like, but, I, but I imagine then if it, like, there'd be some cucks where it's not, you're an unwilling cuck. Like you, you're literally no. getting cucked. I uh, mean, that doesn't feel like, I don't think there'd be a lot of unwilling cucks. Well, right? no, but I imagine people get talked into threesomes and stuff like that. They may be not unwilling, but sure. um, less enthused. Ha- happy to do it for that because they love their partner. Yeah. But, you know, but I imagine there would be some kind of point where, like if you were a, 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 a consensual but less enthused mm. cuck, that there is a moment where you can sort of be like, all right, I mean, if this is going to continue, like clearly my partner's I mean, I'm yeah, looking I'm at her. I'm going to embrace it. She's having it's, the- just how I, it's just how I look at it, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, oh. But then if your partner's no. like, no, 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 I don't no. like it when you like yeah. it. I like yeah. to oh, see yeah. you upset. The thing that my kink is, <laughs> yes, you see- being ashamed <laughs> and humiliated by what? this. You enjoying it and being into it has taken away all the yeah, joy I, I get out come. of it. Right? Because you were there, yeah. strutting you around with it. your hands on your hips. Yes. Do it more. I love it. <laughs> you spoiled this for me now. <laughs> I mean, what a devil's bargain yeah, you suddenly caught in. You've got to find a way wow. for you to both be supportive in that situation. I mean, because it is. But, I mean, I, I think it, they are really different things, right? Because, like all things, that's what, what we're talking about here is like a power dynamic. Part of it is about whatever the dynamic is in the power relationship of those things. Because it's not a bit like you, when you talk about – stagging or cucking or whatever that's different to like as you said like a threesome in which it might just be about hey everyone's in this together like yeah. we're a team yeah. like you know like we're all 33.3 percent mathematically <laughs> so yeah, right. of this this experience yeah, exactly we're all equal partners in what is going on right here whereas like both stags and cucks it's more like the idea of like there's two people who are doing the thing yeah. and then there's one person who's in the corner either 
hating it or loving it. Yeah, exactly. One thing you've bought a ticket for because you love it, the yeah, other one you've been yeah. dragged to. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Because they're both performance, really. It's a voyeurism thing, right? It's like – And by the way, the cucking, like people who like to – because, I mean, I, I, my understanding at the very least is that there are – it's not like there are people who enjoy be, the humiliation of being cucked. Like they want to be yeah. – that's humiliated. Like it's not just the kink of the person who's cucking them, but it's their kink of being the person who's humiliated by it. Like them being a stag. Yeah. You say, you know, turn that frown upside down, <laughs> you know. Like, well, let's let's give this a positive spin, would take away the joy they were getting from it as well, because it's not about even though they are actually into it, part of the play of it is that they're not into it or that they're humiliated by it or whatever yeah that's when you need need your clearly delineated lines about like because at some point it's like oh my husband's crying no no like that's good they're good tears I'm enjoying this he's into it but he's not gonna show that he's he's not a scag so he's gonna be humiliated but that's actually empowers him because that's what he yeah i mean it is compl- sexuality what a complicated what thing is, it is cuck derived from is that have anything to do with chickens cuck cold well cuck cold yeah i mean cuck old what does that mean out. in biology a cuckold is the husband of a uh, cuckold is the husband of an adulterous wife the okay. wife of an adulterous husband oh here we go is a cuck queen Ah, you go, cut queen. <laughs> go on, cut queen. <laughs> yes, cut queen. Uh, in biology, cuckwain. a cuckold. Yeah, here we go. In biology, a cuckold is a male who unwittingly invests parental effort in juveniles who are not genetically his offspring. Ah, oh. so, there you go. So, there, it, yeah, it, so here we go. It comes. The word cuckold derives from the cuckoo bird or the cuckoo bird, as yeah. we would say. Um, alluding to its habit of laying eggs in other birds' nests. Yeah, right. Oh, my God. Yeah, Imagine if your sense. kink stretched as far as you combine like a bit of furryism mm-hmm. with your cuckolding so mm-hmm. everyone has to be dressed like birds. And so you hire a stag. No, not a stag. Mm-hmm. You hire a bull. Yeah. But confusingly, just <laughs> you turned a bull, but the dress is a cuckoo. 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 Sorry. You hire you. Not higher. <laughs> Why are you well, gonna we call them cuckoos, even though it's spelled cuckoo, but we call them cucks, not cooks, because that could actually get really confusing. <laughs> really confusing. <laughs> yeah, you get a, a bull to be uh, just as a, a cuckoo bird mm-hmm. to have mm-hmm. sex with mm-hmm. your wife in that way. And then, or mm-hmm. rather than it just being like a one-off, because the, the full extension of the metaphor is you're going to raise his child. So you have to impregnate my partner dressed as a oh, cuckoo yeah. bird. Yeah, and I'm going to raise this child, and that's going to be. I mean, that, that'd be great. Be a lifelong at, kink. If you're at some great, if you're at some fetish club, and you were just like, oh yeah, my husband's like a cuck, and he's like, oh that's great, I'm going to get to fuck your wife, and he's like, no, no, he wants to raise your children. Comes along great He'll be around tomorrow to pick him up. He's yeah. got a van. <laughs> wow, very educational. I saw a uh, movie on uh, Friday. Uh, oh, um, yeah, Creator at the, movies, at the heard- cinema. Yes. Have you heard of this film, Creator? Yeah, it's by one of the dudes who did uh, the guy who Rogue. did Rogue One. Exactly. Rouge One, as the internet used to call it, and yeah. um, uh, 
what I know about this movie is it is about AI, yep. and I know that it was made for only $80 million yes. and he shot a lot of it realistically yes. and then they added the AI, the sorry, the CGI on later rather than creating it all on uh, on green screen or blue screen. And that is all I know about this movie. And well, I'd like I, to plug the Weekly Planet podcast <laughs> if people would like to listen to that, which is where I get most of my information about popular culture. Have they done an episode on it? Uh, they the, the, the most recent episode All was right. about it. I'm going to yeah. listen to it because um, yeah. I went into this movie completely blind. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I took one of these moments of being drunk. You mean you had a bottle of vodka? <laughs> <laughs> I ha- I was in Melbourne alone. It's like oh, I can see a movie and and, and 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 don't have to worry about anything else. And so I was scrambling to find whatever was showing. And the, oh, this thing creator, it's a it's a yeah. Look, it's a film about AI, but not in any kind of not in any serious sense like it's just a movie about robots <laughs> essentially yes. but i couldn't there's some things about the film that they've gone for this kind of uh quality where they're making a like a classic 80s vietnam movie like a platoon or full metal jacket um with miss saigon the idea of uh, a soldier having fathered a child from the other side in this case the ai the robots um, and I won't go to spoilers, but he has a robot child that he needs to protect, um, you know, as this war between humans and AI wages on. Was, but he, it's cu- a- was he cucked by a robot? <laughs> <laughs> and the robot was Dexter from A Perfect Match. <laughs> oh, man, what a great movie I that want is. you to fuck my wife. <laughs> Daughter says... Compatible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Perfect Match uh, was a, a, a game show in the eighties in Australia, yeah. uh, where the couples- original AI. There was the original <laughs> robot, <laughs> That's Dexter. Dexter, the love robot, yeah. uh, uh, where people would um, you know compete to date with one another, and they had this fucking cheap ass robot called Dexter who would spit out their compatibility yeah. rating. Yeah, it was like peaches and cream, a coach and a team. A what guy and we, a girl. It's like a guy and a girl and a. It's like peaches and cream. cream. A, a coach and a team. It, mm. Like an oyster and a pearl and a guy and a girl. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, it's like a cock and a bull. <laughs> 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 Someone's going to get full <laughs> on <up> my cum. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it didn't uh, work. It didn't work for me because I think the two genres he was trying to merge, which is kind of like Blade Runner meets Platoon. What's oh, the we word? We, 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 missed, we missed the line of the song, by the way. Oh, what was it? Which was- Do the whole thing. Uh, yeah, okay, hang on. I, uh, I thought that I'd brought up the uh, lyrics to the theme song. Here we go. Like Peaches and Cream, yeah. a coach and her team. Yeah. Like Sand and the Seas- an ocean breeze? No. Oh, birds the birds and the, bees. and the bees. Like an oyster and a pearl, a guy and a girl, what do you got? You got a perfect match. There you go. Hosted by Greg Evans. Oh, I got it. I found Dexter. Mm. Hang on. I can share this with you. Ability. Here's Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That is horrifying, isn't it? Terrifying. Do you want to say it again? <laughs> yes, 100%. Here's Dexter. 
<laughs> it's the sailor's hat with SS Perfect on it that really caught my eye initially. And then there's like a fishbowl head with some sort of like square robot style. I mean, did Dexter always have the sailor's hat on or did Dexter wear a different I'm, hat on different shows? I'm, all right. There's, there's there's another Dexter clip. Let's take a look at this. Oh, no. Dexter's got Come like on. a... Hem, old hand oh, tries the love game. What nationality are you, Randy? I'm from where? <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a, now a female romance. robot. And there's a robot out there somewhere for him. I don't know if it's me. Perfect match. Tonight, fight. <laughs> what past okay. entertainment? <laughs> well, Dexter was wearing a fedora in that one, which I think... <laughs> <laughs> and then there was another robot with like a wig, and they it's were... his girlfriend. They were at the beach together. <laughs> I mean, what is a robot doing at the beach for a right, start? He's, he's, an, he's an ad for a perfect match. Let's just okay. watch this and All see right. if we can glean any more. Dex is wearing a top hat in this one now. Yeah. Okay. Good. Five thirty weekdays. Be part of the fun on Ten's hilarious new series, Perfect Match. None of that. Craig Evans, Debbie Newsom, and Dexter, the romantic robot, lead the girls and guys on a fresh, funny, often embarrassing search for the perfect mates. Mm, this is a hard one. <laughs> oh, there's loads of laughs and great prizes along the way. You're off to Bali. It's intriguing. It's cheeky. Sometimes it's very cheeky. Perfect Match every weekday at five thirty on Ten. Wow. Wow. Oh, wow, my way. God. Like, Dexter was wearing a top hat in that one, which was very <laughs> yeah, formal well, for Dexter the romantic robot. So it was back in the day, too, where, like, um, in the era of Electric Dreams and mm. the movie Short Circuit and stuff where people, yeah. like, you could conflate robots with having supernatural powers yes, as well. exactly. And this one could come up with the compatibility of people for dates. So, um, so this movie is based on Dexter the robot from Perfect 100%. Match. One hundred percent. Dexter the yeah. robot is the father of the mm-hmm. child. Uh, no, it's not based on. It's one of those films too where it's not based on any single IP. Because I was talking with Foz about it uh, earlier, and I was saying it reminded me of this comic strip called uh, comic strip comic book called Descender, which is all about AI and, and robots and stuff. Um, but it feels like all these different films without being any without ever being its own thing. So it's like Platoon, but it's like Blade Runner. It's like Akira. It's got all these influences. And in the it's original in the way that none of it's particularly original, but they've taken a whole bunch of different things and put them in a blender together and come up with an original story. But that's what I was going to say to you, right? So I, it sort of left me a bit cold. I thought I, it, it looked, and I know you love this in the movie, Will, it looked amazing. Like, well, it looked I beautiful. will never see it. <laughs> Didn't like, have much of a plot, but it looked amazing. Oh, great. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> the, the visual effects are astounding. Oh. It was shot by mm. Greg Frazier, you know, who won an Oscar mm. for June. So it all looks incredible. Mm. But then I started thinking about like, oh man, like I was so, I felt so bummed out because it's so hard to get original IP on a movie screen and you really want them to do well so that the studios will then keep making more. But then I was like, but I guess if I think about all the films in the 80s, which was the golden era, apparently, of genre filmmaking, like Star Wars is just like The Seven Samurai or or Attack on the Hidden Fortress or whatever it is, remixed. Indiana Jones is every light matinee. Like there would have been people our age in the late 70s, early 80s when kids are losing their minds over these films going, hey, we've seen this all before, right? Isn't that just what's happening? Yeah. No, I think you you are right to a certain extent that like 
I mean, you know, there's only like seven stories or whatever it is, and like they're, they're all some version of each thing. So, but the influence, I, the pop culture influences mm. that inspired. I think that we can see them all so, more easily, right? Mm. Like they're all you can actually go and then see those movies. But it's sometimes hard then when you go back and watch something like a classic movie that you hadn't seen before, and you're like, oh, it feels like I've seen this movie before because everybody has ripped off that movie since then. Mm. And often the original one isn't as good as the ones that have copied it because, like, they have slightly improved on it. And so I understand why there are younger generations who have these, like, you know, attachments to these movies that we were all like, oh, well, that's just a remake of blah, 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 or that's just a – and but for them it was the first time that they had seen a movie like that, or Space they'd seen Jam. that. Are you talking about Space Jam? I'm talking about mostly about the movie Space Jam. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> There's two things that are cultural mm. markers for me mm. in movies. It's Space Jam, and in music, it's Blink 182. Like I again, yeah. I've been hearing like Blink well, 182. Blink 182 might be the one thing going, people are going. This is amazing. They did like they made these like really short, catchy punk style songs. Like yeah. I think they invented a new genre of music. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not. <laughs> It's just amazing, though, like how many people of that millennial and younger, like Blink-182, I just missed it. I missed the cultural zeitgeist around them being the biggest band in the world, or at least from what I can tell, you know, reading things online and stuff. Yeah, I mean, but you Were they like you bigger said, at Triple J? They, I don't remember them being huge at Triple J. No, nah, they were big, but they were right. they were that classic – um, one of those things that were big on Triple J but also big on like Triple M at exactly right. the same Crossover. time. You know how occasionally like Green Day were a bit the same though, and Green Day were a huge band as well. Like I mean stadium huge band, you know. Like mm. there was that sort of pop punk thing. Offspring, that, Green Day, yeah, Blink-182. Totally. And yeah. then below that like your Sum 41s, mm. yeah. I can't think of any others. Alien Ant Farm. Alien Ant Farm. And it's funny too because there's a bunch of Aussie bands like that as well that sort of came up that seem to do exclusively like the Warp Tour mm-hmm. and stuff yep. like that. I've got a mate who's <laughs> yeah. a who's a filmmaker and, you know, he, he sort of cut his teeth just on the Warp Tours and he knows all these pop punk bands that are Americans but like a lot of Australian ones and he'll play them to me and I'm like, is this the same band that we just listened to before? And he's like, no, that's a new band. This band's called blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, all oh, right. So it's just these like – Three-minute songs played really fast with really good harmonies. Uh, so the Warped Tour, let's uh, – what year would you like to um, – uh, Go so to the Warped Tour? Warped Tour Australia. I'll give you some uh, years you could have gone. Um, oh, look at this. This is great. Images for Warped Tour Australia. We've got some posters here from different years. So um, do you want to go to, say, 2013? Do you want to go to the Warped uh, Tour? No, nah, I reckon – can we go older than that? I think I've oh, you want to go – yeah, back like, to yeah. Let's go back to when I was last happy. Will, which is okay. the late nineties, early two thousands. All right, uh, nineteen ninety eight or nineteen ninety nine, two thousand two, ninety nine. Let's. Okay. I feel lucky. Warp Tour Australia. To yeah, okay. Here we go. Let's have a look at who was on. So um, we had. Let's see who played the Warp Tour. And okay, uh, the headliners on the Warp Tour of nineteen ninety nine. I'm going to give you a little. Uh, um, uh, a little you can you can guess you will have heard of some of these bands right so um i uh number one band on the headliner band on the warp tour of 1999 uh pennywise already been mentioned on this like oh, okay. offspring 
Blink no. 182. Green Blink, Day. Blink 182. 182. Oh, I picked the right year then. Uh-huh. Well done. Um, now, here's some interesting uh, – so uh, none of the other bands that I recognise here – so I don't know rem- – I don't recognise Agnostic Front. Okay. Bucko 9. There's some dude with CKY. a pocket chain right now who's fucking yelling at his phone. H2O. Don't remember yeah. any of these bands, right? Just rip it, ripped off his ball-bearing necklace and thrown it across the room. I mean, do you, I, I can't recognise any of those. can bands, hardly though, even right? spike his hair up into points, Will. He's so mad. Yeah, okay. So, um, what about the Australian or, bands? Can I have it? Would I have a better crack at naming? Yeah, I'm gonna try to, um, find out, uh, if I can find like an image, but there are some other bands on here that you okay. will, uh, uh, you will recognize, but okay, they are so not necessarily 99. bands that you would have necessarily thought would be. Did they uh, straight do any stray out of that sort of pop punk or pu- straight punk milieu? Yes. They do. So there's hip hop and stuff. Yes. Oh. oh okay. Yeah. Um, who would do a walk tour in 1999? Who was hot? Uh, and- yeah. Yeah. There's. Well. There's. Okay. So I found. Okay. I, the, the good news is I found like a poster that I can barely oh, read, but also has like more detail than the one that I was looking at before, which is good. So Blink One Eight Two. We've already said. Now let's let's go with a couple of like this is. Um, so we need some hip hop. We've got some hip hop okay. on here. Um, okay. you will know these hip hop acts. Um, so, uh, one of them is like a really good, like well-known hip hop act. Cypress of- Hill. Cypress Hill. Well done. C- congratulations. Uh, one is an act that you wouldn't really consider as a warped tour style hip hop act anymore. No, kind of in that vibe became more a pop Tribe called Quest. act. No, became more oh, black eyed peas. Black eyed peas, correct. Um, and then there was a solo uh, artist, hip hop uh, artist, solo uh, artist. Uh, uh, East Coast or West Coast? Uh, was a, oh, I'm going to say, I thought, I think, oh, actually, you know what? Can't say. I would have said, oh, you know what? I actually, because I, I became an actor. I will ah, okay. give you that clue. Um, uh, ludicrous? Uh, not ludicrous, but that, no. Um, um, uh, the reason that I'm confused about whether he was uh, – Coolio. Which coast he was from is because I kind of think that he was West Coast, but his acting roles are mostly uh, East, East Coast, Coast acting Ice roles. Ice-T? Ice-T. Fucking hell, Ice-T was about. doing the Warped Tour in 99. Uh-huh. As uh, ice, now, just as Ice-T. As not Ice-T. as Body Count. Yeah, no, right. Ice-T. Um, and on this poster, I can make out some Australian bands. Oh, sorry, the headliner was also Pennywise. We didn't we didn't mention. I Pennywise. said Pennywise first yeah, up. You didn't did. I? Okay, well then yeah. you go. That you said Pennywise. Suicidal <laughs> tendencies were on. Oh, yeah. a, a band that has one really really famous song for people who, uh, yeah, like um, only it's, know this. Uh, uh, shipping up to Boston. Yeah, <laughs> it's Drop a Dropkick Murphys. Well done. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Correct answer. <laughs> now. Uh, there is two uh, really identifiable Australian bands that are on this lineup. Twenty eight so, days. Uh, don't think twenty eight days are on. I can't. I can't see them on the post. That doesn't mean they're not oh, there. What happened? Uh, Twelve hundred techniques. No. No. We're talking um, ninety nine. Two bands that are still. I think probably are still bands. I'm really? gonna say. Oh. I know at least one of them is still a band, and the other one every now and again is still a band. Um, oh, actually, I've got another one here as well. So three of them that is still occasionally do gigs. Spider bait. 
Uh, no, no. Not, not spider boat. Um, who's that one that the guy from Triple J was in, the doctor? Yep, what, correct. Friends or Rum. Friends, Friends or Rum is one of the bands. You are absolutely yep. correct. Two more Australian bands. Uh, of the same sort of like vintage. One of them is a, yeah, the same era. Like yeah. they were both huge bands at the time. One of them is still a pretty big band, honestly. Like, you know, still plays pretty big gigs at the very okay. least. Great live band. Um, Magic Dirt, no? No, bigger than think Magic of Dirt. Fitting. I think actually has been on tour recently with Magic Dirt, though, so that is not um, a bad uh, – Taxi Ride. Yes. <laughs> not Taxi Ride. No. Um, <laughs> um, oh, I'm trying to think of that warped – like who were the, who were the yeah, bands? Yeah, no, that? I mean you're not like you're not in, a million miles away from where you need to be, but you just haven't quite got there yet. So um, – Give me a hint with the name. How many uh, there are the three piece. Oh, no, that's not oh, that's, the that's, sharp, of course. Scratch not, my back. <laughs> Everyone who's rocking out the warp ninety nine to no. scratch my back. Um, uh, three piece living end. The living end, correct answer. Right, and uh, one, one more. Uh, so, very famous uh, band at the time. I think still do some gigs. Um, we're a big Triple J, but also Triple M band. Had a bit of a crossover. Okay. One name. Interesting. One name. One name. Oh, okay. Um, so that's hard. See, that should be a really good clue because very few bands get that triple. Oh, Powderfinger. Uh, no. Uh, triple J, Triple. It's a bit early for Powderfinger, isn't it? Maybe. Uh, I mean, not too early, but I don't think they're kind of uh, like oh, this, this uh, one's a bit heavier. Uh, no, good guess, but oh, no. Oh, shit. Not, they seem no. like a total warp tour act. Yeah, but not Regurgitator, no. Um, uh, uh, Frontman. How many in the band? Um, uh, uh, look. Three two, or four? I mean, yeah, three or four. Yeah, that's okay. right. Um, I think the lead, they, they might have been from like up your part of the world originally. Um, Tell me, the Whitlam's? No, they're not um, playing warped. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, I'll give you a clue. Um, Body jar. Uh, they, the, mm, how do I give you a clue? Pacifier. I mean, these are all good guesses that you're coming <laughs> up with. I love every one of them, but you're missing one of them. Like, I mean, if you were um, happy, like you opened up your drawer at home <laughs> yeah because you wanted to like stir your tea and yeah. you were happy to find something to be able to oh, stir Grinspoon. your tea Grinspoon, Grinspoon <laughs> you're right too. they are based yeah. from up around here yeah uh, so well Grinspoon done. we're involved and I've found one more international band that was on okay. this lineup that I think you'll be um, so Blink-182 are headliners yeah. Pennywise Pennywise I had a lot of, had a lot of mates who were like yeah. surface skaters at this time and they would always rant about Pennywise yeah. is it who are the guys who did um, – oh, it's Bad Religion. Oh, no. No, but bad that's – religion. They should no. be playing what, right? <laughs> I mean, these are all great. 21st Century Digital, boy, it's so I warped. mean, this is one of those bands that I think people would have, like, been mad that were on this lineup, or at least that's – Oh, like, yeah. yes. Is it is it Limp Bizkit? No, not oh. Limp Bizkit, but, like, no. Oh, mad because they were like, oh, they're not warped enough. <laughs> yeah, I think they're not warped enough is what I would say, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Nora Jones. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know if people would have been mad, but that is the impression that I would get that they would be mad. Uh, American? Yes. 
And mad because they don't fit the warped I gave aesthetic. you a very good clue just a second ago. Oh, what did you say? Yeah. I missed it. Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> Otherwise, you would have just immediately uh, said. Uh, they um, they repeat one of the words in their name. It's a four-word name okay. and it repeats – one of the words is repeated. Okay. Tony, Tony, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they yeah. might be giants. I don't know. Just tell me. The mighty, mighty boss tones. Oh, they totally fit warped. Do they? Yeah. Never okay. had to knock on wood. Yeah. Bum, 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 that, bum, yeah. Do you know what that song's called? Um, uh, yes, it's called yeah. Feeling That I Get. <laughs> no, The Impression That I Get, which was the, what, literally what I said to you in my All crew. Right. <laughs> oh, bugger. <laughs> All right, that is Toe Fop for this week. That was Toe Fop. That was a real Toe Fop. (laughs) What the fuck did we talk about in this episode? That went everywhere. (laughs) Like stags, cucks, AI, football, the warp tour. What like a Wonder Years nostalgic look back at our youth. This was like (laughs) a Real smorgasbord of what, like, what happened? I don't know. I don't know. But it was uh, enjoyable and I hope yes. people listening enjoyed we're it too. We're doing live um, shows, by the way, if you like uh, Tofop. Uh, we're doing live shows in Sydney and Melbourne. Melbourne sold out. Melbourne is uh, sold out. You cannot get a ticket. Yeah, and Sydney is very close to selling out. So, look, uh, we are recording this a couple of weeks in advance. Um, get in fast uh, for Sydney. I mean, yeah, get in is fast. it going to sell in sell out well enough that we could add a second show, or is it just not? No, Don't not, think so. Not necessarily. <laughs> not necessarily. No, no. Right. Um, uh, but if we look, if we do add a second show, uh, you guys will be the first mm-hmm. to know about it. But sure. um, uh, uh, I reckon if you desperately want to go to the Sydney show, yeah, you need get to get in. in quick. Or you may have already had to have got in. <laughs> or got in. That's the problem with recording yeah. two weeks in advance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you. Uh, just did a run of shows, didn't you, at the comedy oh, store? I did, and also I've got some in December and January. They are on sale, and I've added some new shows in Newcastle because they all sold out, so I've added some new shows which are now on sale in Newcastle. And my tour, uh, Will Legitimate, is about to go on sale in some places as well, so just check out comedy.com.au. Um, Question Everything is back on the TV, ABC iView, if you want to check that out. My last year's special, Biological, is still up there on ABC iView free as well, and my book, uh, I Am Not Fine, Thanks, uh, is still – uh, it's been out a year now. We got the figures through the other day. Um, it turns out it sold actually really, really well, which is uh, great. Thank you to everyone who bought it. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, keep buying it. If you have not bought a copy, it is still available. Well, I kept thinking while you're talking is we did 10 to 15 minutes on Backfat. <laughs> I know, and still got to the Warp Tour. AI. What, a, what an episode. It was a real, I mean, this was a, was a real roller coaster. this episode. <laughs> Uh, support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash tofop, and we'll be back again next week. I'm Charlie Clawson.